Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park I do know how to spit for <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dyster, and this week I'm joined by fellow baffle gabbers, Ian Whittington. Hello. And Danae Hughes. Hi. We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. That was a very rhythmic uh, 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 high. Uh, uh, high. Yeah. yeah, it was very nice. It was unintentional. Uh, my no. voice is still in and out from COVID. So, yeah. I'll is your be taste, talking. Is your taste and back? It just, it just goes out. Like my voice just will just buy for a minute. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. My taste was gone. And then it came back all in the matter of 10 hours. Wow. It was the strangest thing, too, because I took a sip of water. And then a moment later, I took another sip of water and it tasted different just in that quick of a moment. And it have you ever had like a cereal that sort of leaves a film in your mouth? Yes. Like Captain Crunch? Yes. Okay. It didn't it wasn't quite as intense as like a film feeling, but just the flavor of my mouth shifted enough that it felt different in mm-hmm. my mouth. I was like, what was that? So that's why I took the second sip of water and there was no flavor. Here comes here comes Justin with dinner and I took one bite of it uh, and I was like, uh-oh, this does not taste like anything at all. It's weird, isn't it? Did your taste go, Ian, when you- Oh, I had a hideous experience. I made a bacon sandwich as one of my comfort foods. Bit of ketchup. I took the biggest bite out of it and it tasted like metal. And I was like, what is wrong? The ketchup mm-hmm. must be off. And then I tried an egg sandwich instead. Tasted like metal. And I was like, fuck, I've but lost my taste. did you taste metal to compare? <laughs> what did no, metal taste fair, like? I did, metal tasted like a bacon sandwich. So oh, <laughs> I don't know what to take from that. It was opposite taste. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really strange. And so I thought, well, I know plenty of people who have had, you know, I, I haven't had COVID this whole time, right? This is my first time to, to, ha- to get it. So- I have a lot of information that mm-hmm. people didn't have mm-hmm. when the pandemic first started. So I'm not afraid. I was just aware that this is going to be one of those potential possibilities. So I was like, well, I guess this is just my life for a, for a while now. I'm going to be <laughs> eating cardboard and Ugh. not enjoying the flavor of food or beverage. So mm-hmm. I was oddly excited about it because it's it was experimental and also not super dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Like. My body's mm-hmm. gonna do something totally weird and wacky because of this virus, and I I get to experience it, and I'm still safe. Like I'm I was healthy, mm. and I'm still getting healthy. But 
Anyway. It is one of those symptoms that you don't really believe is a thing until it happens to you. You're like, look, there's no way I can lose my sense of, oh my God. Uh, it, it was that <laughs> now fast. Happened. And it's then terrible. by the next morning, I was fully normal again. And because I'm healthy and because I'm weird, I will say I'm slightly disappointed it didn't last longer. Because <laughs> I, oh, wow. I only had like one meal. I had dinner and then I slept. So mm. I didn't get to experience what everybody else, you know, gets to which is multiple meals and stuff i was mm. i was, was really horrible. looking forward to sort of like evaluating all of that my scientific part of my brain wanted to experience that yeah the, the, the first evening my taste was gone we had five guys and it was like eating paper mache and i was just like it was just this it was miserable it was you're right it's made more miserable by the fact that you know what you're missing right like it's if it's one of your favorite things so but but knowing that you get it back eventually. I mean, most Hopefully, people. Not, every, not yeah, everybody not everyone does. does. Yeah. I was terrified of not getting it back. I was like, I this know. is a big deal. Like, I enjoy person. tasting things. I didn't take it that seriously, I guess. I'm sorry. My my smell isn't isn't the same still. I don't smell things the same. My smell was always weird, though, but... But yeah. Okay, hold on. The way I smell, not not the way I smell, the way the way I process <laughs> smells. Uh -huh. No, but, yeah. but you're mm -hmm. you're making it sound like you were born with some odd smell thing. Oh no no no! no. I busted I your damaged nose. my nose. Yeah. 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 Wait, that, how did you do that? That was on you, sir. I didn't read the instructions to a nasal spray. I thought it was <gasps> one that anytime you felt congested, you just sprayed and it would uncongest you. It was a once a day thing. You're not supposed to use it more than once a day, and it just like burned out on my my. <laughs> Smell receptors. How many Forever. times did you do it? Just you know, every few minutes when I felt like, oh, maybe oh, this will no. help my my you know nose clear this out. This explains so. so much about your ear as well. Like, has your hearing come back yet? You know what? I'm I'm not. I no, it has not. But <laughs> oh, could you just stop did it using not things? Fully come it's back fine. Yet? It's fine, guys. It's fine. Oh, I only you, I've got no. one good ear. Like I'll be all right. <laughs> and no good oh nostrils. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no wonder you're a super taster. It's compensating for all <laughs> the other right. senses that's that you right. fucked up. That's oh right. my gosh, that's insane. <sighs> yeah. No, I I don't mean to make light of pandemic or symptoms. No. That's something I'm trying to be very very careful of. But yeah, thank you, chat. I am feeling better. I'm on the mend, but my. Nice. My my eclipse in and out. Um, I know we're in the show proper, so thank you, show also for uh, loving me and caring <laughs> yes, for me. We wow. appreciate wow. it. We are, we are yeah. firmly derailed already. Yes, but let's Beautiful. get into it. Let's start with the sin side scoop. What's he building in there? Uh, Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're gonna take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we are sending in general, kicking it off in commercial scene. Uh, we are doing Rocket Mortgage Barbie Dream House. Uh, this was a Watkins script. Jonathan writing on this one. Um, this is a funny commercial because it's a commercial not for the thing that it's kind of a commercial it for. It tricked me. Did it trick you? <laughs> it tricked me. Oh, yeah. me too. 100%. Nice. I still don't know if this is a commercial for... This is. I don't know if this is a commercial for Barbie Dream House using Rocket Mortgage or a commercial for Rocket Mortgage <laughs> using Barbie Dream House. <laughs> I don't need it's the latter. It is the latter, uh, for sure. Um, Danae, why don't you kick us off over some of your thoughts? Uh, I enjoyed it. I was surprised by it. I enjoy our commercial sins, but this one's entirely distracting because this behind-the-scenes situation, we have a mystery happening with this one. Mm. Mm. Oh, we do. That's right. We yeah. do. This video 
we cannot figure out why people were able to see it before we posted it. No, we know we post for our members early, and it was after yeah. we had posted for our members. Um, but I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I heard There's, about it after we had posted for our members, but we caught it. We caught it here because I was, I was doing some research, and I was like, wait, why do we have so many views on this? It shouldn't be this many views. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's some interesting comments. This is just coming out live now. As we record this is when it's Mm -hmm. coming out live. Mm -hmm. But not for like several hundred people who have already seen it and commented on it about how, oh, I wonder what's going on with CinemaSins because this is an unlisted link, but we're seeing it. And those are in the comments. So I am entirely distracted by that mystery. Mm. Uh, It it has not soured the video for me, but it's distracted me from the video. It's got to be YouTube, right? It's got to be a YouTube. Like they, like something got somehow tweaked because they've been dealing with stuff, like especially with comments and that kind of stuff. Uh You know, one thing that could happen to some videos sometimes is they get recommended somehow. They just get like Mm -hmm. looped in on something. And so we have a little mystery on our hands to figure out what this one. And that's, those are my thoughts on this this video. Right. <laughs> How did so many people see it? But there, it is fun though because when these okay, fun, fun in a weird way. Let me explain this. You know, we have a very every week. You know, we write, we review, we edit, we release our content. So when little weird things like this happen, it's sort of like the team gets to kind of do something a little different. And even if it's inconvenient, even if it's annoying, and even if it's a mistake or whatever, we're like, oh, what is this? And so we kind of all like converge on it. So. The team is actively looking into it, and mm-hmm. that to me is why I'm excited about it. So that's why nice. that's why I'm talking about it is because it's something no, it different. Is, it is interesting. Yeah, it's a different sure. it's a different thing no, happening absolutely. on our. Mm-hmm. It changes the monotony. Is not the right word. Oh wow, <laughs> changes it's the not, monotony of my it's life. Not the right word. I mean, whenever you do kind of the same thing week in and week out, you can call it monotony, even if you're enjoying yeah. the sameness. It just seems negative, but I, I don't yes, want it to be it negative. It definitely has a negative connotation. It for sure yeah. does. So, so, so say rhythm. The, pattern it, yeah the rhythm the pattern yes the pattern has been disrupted and i am interested <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is why which is why i was bummed about getting my taste back i guess <laughs> yeah there you that go checks out. That, that makes sense. One. uh ian what about you um yeah um i enjoyed the string of just observing that bankrupting your parents is not a good idea um just i, I having worked at toys R Us for six years i look at all of you poor bastards with kids and just like Man, you work hard. <laughs> Most of you, you work really hard. You both work jobs so that a child can spunk it on a dream house that they play with for a week and then mm-hmm. bury somewhere, knowing that I did exactly the same thing. And you know what? You're the worst people in the world if you don't buy them this one thing. And it's terrible. Being a parent is horrible. Kids are terrible. The world is terrible. <laughs> Capitalism sucks. The monarchy is the worst. <laughs> Those are my thoughts on Rocket Mortgage. Well, that that descended very quickly, Ian. Uh, so I feel I feel the like this weird urge to defend uh, what it means to to have Don't. a family, but um, but I won't. Right. But I won't. Uh, and I also won't defend capitalism or the monarchy uh, either. Uh, but we could have that conversation. Uh, there are good things to everything, guys. Uh, well, I'll actually uh, talk about the open window with the stereo equipment next to it yes. because that spoke to me in meaningful ways. Uh, um, uh-huh. I just love treating a dollhouse as if somebody's actually setting up uh, things incorrectly. That was funny. I love the idea that the open container in that situation is the world. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Pouring onto your equipment. 
Uh, and then the that's not an offer. That is a threat. Uh, that was that was funny as well. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Let's move into TV sins. Uh, guess what? Still talking about Moon Knight, guys. Uh, but we're finishing it off <laughs> the penultimate Yay. and ultimate episode of Moon Knight. Can I just say I'm glad we're still talking about Moon Knight because I haven't really had a chance to chat uh, sure. as much no, since I haven't yeah. been able to be on BTS, and I haven't. I have missed hearing your guys's conversations, you know, about that and being able to chat about it because this was an interesting experience to watch Moon Knight because we were able to uh, to do that almost all while Ian was in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and so we mm. were all like chatting about it and actively watching the show together when it would mm. drop and discussing it in the moment. And we haven't really had an experience like that, like a group watch, no. knowing that we're watching it because we're interested in what's going to be happening and the acting and, and the story development mm -hmm. on screen is something that's interesting enough for us to watch it every week as soon as it comes out. And then also know that we're going to be sitting it as a team and essentially kind of discussing some ideas, but large in part, we would just kept our ideas to ourselves for our scripts until the scripts mm -hmm. would come out. So um, that was a really unique watching experience for me. And I've, I, I really enjoyed Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. It was a, and I, I, I you guys are, have been talking about it. I know for, for yeah. weeks now, but yeah, I really did enjoy Mooney. I I wanted I wanted more of her, of course. Mm -hmm. But mm, she's great. I get I get the sense you'll see more of her. I do, I don't think this is whether or not Moon Knight comes back. Um, whether or not they you know back the Briggs truck up for Oscar Isaac to do more. Uh, I get the sense that we'll see we'll see more of her somewhere in the MCU. So yeah, Lola, what's her name? Lola. Layla. Layla. The Leia, Leia, Lola, Leia's Lola, Leia the she droid. She was Lola. a show girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should write that into a script. Uh, <laughs> so I, I speaking of um, other stuff that's on um, the Disney Plus. Uh, I've also been enjoying Miss Marvel. I think there's two episodes of Miss Marvel, and the reason I bring it up is to say that I think what they started with Moon Knight is kind of a transition into uh, this era of MCU television that feels like it can be its own thing without having to be directly impacting the overall picture. And I think this is where they're trying to get. And it's one of the things I, I really liked about Moon Knight was that it was just, it was its own thing. And it didn't like, you know, I think it's smart. Yeah, it's a good way to Captain do it. America didn't pop in for a cameo or you know whatever. Um, yeah, but so. Miss Marvel starts off directly in that world. So this is like Moon Knight was a departure from the main storylines that we've been watching on movie for for so long. Miss Marvel's right back into it. You know? But nothing in Miss Marvel so far, at least, is directly impacting any kind of like grand. Nobody knows about miss marvel like, like it's you not you don't need a previously on the avengers correct at the beginning it is of different it is different from moon knight sense. in that it is definitely ref like it is ultra referencing everything but it's not like you know yeah you don't need to know the avengers movies to understand you know what's like if you're gonna watch loki like that's impacting like all these pre-existing and things that are gonna happen next and and those kind of things wandavision same way you know like it, it just seems like we're transitioning falcon and the winter soldier same way like it seems like we're transitioning into more like oh here off in this corner of our universe this is happening and right. and i'm really enjoying that and yeah so no yeah. i get i get what you mean and and moon knight stood apart in that way really strongly for me uh, the curiosity of the of the show and and what they were doing and where it's going obviously kicked really really hard into confusion world when he dies <laughs> <clears throat> and i'll never yeah. forget all of us being like 
the fuck did we just watch? It was really interesting. Um, And this episode that we are releasing, that we released this week, is where we really understand the purpose, more of the purpose and the stories that are contained after he dies in this, you know, like, got to balance the heart situation. Mm Mm-hmm. The big reveal that Steven isn't the main guy, which I never, I, that was a confusing. I feel like this is when the show starts to kind of tell you what it's its about mm-hmm. instead of you trying to figure out what it's about. Right. And it's always interesting when a show gets to that point in its storytelling because then the writers are just actively revealing their cards. And it's always interesting to me to kind of go, does this match up with what I thought they were saying? Does this match up with the thoughts that I had? Does this match up with where I wanted it to go and where it is or is not going? And for me, there were some things that were just like, okay, I don't, but what about this? And what about this? And you have to kind of watch Moon Knight up multiple times in a way to to sort of understand what's the real world, what's reality, what, what is Harrow? Is he, is there a figment of the imagination? Like, who are these characters inside of this afterworld? Are they influencing the world above? Is Harold breaking through? Like, we had some predictions that we were trying to figure out uh, that are maybe going to be revealed. And then we get to the finale to figure out if if any of it actually lines up and makes sense. And I, I still don't know that everything from Moon Knight works for me, but I still hmm. had a really good time, you know, watching it. And I thought that it was a well-crafted, like you said, not completely woven into the infrastructure mm-hmm. of our uh, movie MCU right. uh, show. And I, I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, they're doing something really interesting here with this character that, of course, I didn't know about. <clears throat> but it still doesn't make sense to me. I, I still, the biggest sin of, like, the uh, episode five, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we're talking for- currently about Moon Knight Asylum. It was a Hughes Watkins script. So uh, Danae and Jonathan writing on this one, yeah. The biggest sin for this entire show for me is the idea that Steven and Mark can balance each other even though there's a third personality. I, I will never understand Doesn't it. Doesn't make any sense. I know. It's broken. It, it's such a, the idea that they don't know about the other one and so they didn't have to balance that part of themselves because they didn't know about that other person. They even have their own questions that they've brought up in previous episodes where there has been mayhem and both personalities claim to not have done it. They see a sarcophagus that's standing upright in red and looking very dangerous. So there's enough clues there that there's something off. But a god of the underworld or, you know, when you die outside of space and time or whatever, there would be some information that there's another entire part of this person that has never even come to the forefront of consciousness. And I understand that Mark and Steven being the predominant personalities are trying to reconcile with each other. And essentially they become one personality, one cohesive unit, but that still means he has another part of him that is not a cohesive unit, which is of course confirmed in the finale. So it's a very strange Thing to ask the audience to do to believe in this episode that they're balanced because of the only two and then usurp that in the finale it's a very strange decision to make and ultimately one of the biggest sins of the show for me but certainly the biggest sin of just this episode standalone by itself um I, I although i like the idea of them going back into his history and seeing his trauma this episode was also one of the hardest pieces of television that I've watched since Handmaid's Tale because 
I just seeing parents abuse children is awful. I hate it. Um, I know that it's real. I know that it affects adults. And I understand that there's an important narrative there for people to see because it's probably a part of representation that doesn't happen in media and certainly not in entertainment and, and maybe even not in a healthy way. And I think that this show did its best to approach that in the healthiest way possible for this character who is obviously a very dark character who has dark things. And that very likely is tied to obviously being horribly abused by a mother. It's still something I didn't expect, right? I'm I'm kind of surprised sometimes that shows don't give a little bit of a like, hey, heads up, here's what you might see this episode. You know, just mm. a little bits of like a, if you're not prepared, prepare yourself or something. Because I'm in it, I'm watching a Marvel show, I'm having a good time, and then all of a sudden kids are fucking drowning and mothers are beating their children with belts. Mm. And like and not just like a little weird sort of offhanded thing like she is yelling and and I'm not just physically abusive she is psychotically abusive and it is outrageous to me that no adult in that circumstance would step in on behalf of that child the father obviously had problems the son was upset with him too but no other person at that funeral i mean outrageous i for that reason alone i would not recommend moon knight i i'm it pisses me off yeah yeah, it's interesting. It's knowing when to draw that line for shows, not just like the content that they decide to show, but drawing the line of where to put a content warning and, you know, for or a trigger warning or, you know, it's just it's it's got to be so difficult to figure out because you're always going to leave somebody out. There's always going to be something that triggers, you know, somebody. Um but I would have drawn it here for sure. Uh, personally, um, I, I would. My issue put... is that the only reason you don't put a trigger warning at the front of this one is that it would be a spoiler. So now you're valuing spoilers ahead of no. It wouldn't have had to have been a spoiler. Going into. I don't think it would have had to have been a spoiler. If you're getting specific enough, I think it would have been. But it's still the right choice to make. There still should have been some kind of warning. Right. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't expecting it to go that like the the line, the border of mm -hmm. where to take things, this pushed into that for me. Mm -hmm. Um and I just wasn't expecting it, I think, in my like yeah. happy Marvel time, like yeah. hanging mm -hmm. out with my friends on the couch watching Marvel and all of a sudden it's just like, Well, I'm fucking traumatized. I mean, Obi Wan dealt with this, right? And they did put a warning on that one. Obi Wan definitely put a warning about, you know, due to recent event or in Stranger Things did too, um, I think. Um, but you know, the idea of when kids are in peril and with, you know, the school shootings and stuff that we've been through recently, um, you know, that's, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be weird to try to tell stories where you want to include dark things, you know, mm -hmm. and maybe, maybe we just have to, um, maybe they just have to understand that maybe you just don't include dark things in your Disney plus stories, but we kind of want them to, right? Like we don't. I don't know. There's a sanitization that can happen too, where it's like, do we want to tell real stories, even if you know they're geared towards families? I don't know. Do you sanitize the beginning of Finding Nemo or Up or you know what I mean? Like it's, mm. it's just it's it's a weird. It still thought feels process. kind of strange jumping between this and the hippo lady. That was my <laughs> big sure. thing. It's like it's pretty sure. jarring to jump back to the afterlife hippo lady stuff. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it was framed very strangely. Uh, you want to continue your thoughts, Ian, on this episode? Uh, yeah, I, I echo exactly what Danae said. The biggest logical inconsistency for me was the balancing of the hearts. And it's like, you're a, you're the god of the afterlife or whatever 
Tawera is, um, you don't realize that there's another heart. Like, mm-hmm. if this is a metaphor for what's going on, that's fine. You can make the heart stones and whatever. But that metaphor should know about the third heart. If it isn't a metaphor and it's physically happening, then it should never be balanced until you get the third heart involved. So, yeah, hugely inconsistent. Yeah, this isn't like the mirrors where you can shrug it off and be like, oh, that's his psyche. Because the the show is definitely making a point to say this stuff is real. By the end of the final episode, the stuff with the gods, all that stuff is not portrayed as being just in uh, Steven slash Mark's mind. So, whereas the mirror stuff could be. Mm -hmm. There is definitely some rules that are set out and then immediately ignored. Um in terms of the sins, I just like violent vacillation. I know that's the it's a word that the show came up, the a phrase that the show said, but we then used it in the following sin with mm-hmm. the cameras going backwards and forwards between closer and wide shots. Um I definitely felt um violently vacillated violation. <laughs> um, Need some vaseline. <laughs> indeed. Um not harrow but sorta harrow. In the subtitles, when mm-hmm. like Harrow Ethan Hawke is off screen, it went by because when I'm doing the like the uh, prep for the show, I'll watch it at 1.5 speed to get through it, and it flashed up and then disappeared. I was like, "Wait, that was longer than Harrow. Harrow. What did that uh-huh. say? It yeah. was so great. Mm-hmm. So, so good. I'm really enjoying adding some snarky things into those yes. into the sub the, the yeah. subtitles. Um, it's just a fun <laughs> way to kind of add even more snark into what we do. <laughs> it really yeah. is. It's like on the Old Spice video when the subtitle said "whistling question mark." Yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah. guess you call this whistling. It's whistling. It's amazing. There's an extra character in the video being snarky. Uh, of course, I'm going to pull out. What does God? Um, yeah, what does God need with scales? Oh, sorry, I went Star Trek Five there and you mm-hmm. never go fully Star Trek 5. So thank you, Jonathan. I'm, I have a feeling he wrote that one. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, only, yeah, the scale balancing shenanigans only lead to a death, which was already a death. There wasn't really a death. I'm so tired. <laughs> I felt that. I felt that so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will also mention, I don't have much more to say about Moon Knight. We've been talking about it, uh, about it a bunch. I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, shortening the word cafe to calf. I uh, felt that in my soul. I don't understand sometimes why those extra <laughs> syllables are so I, difficult. We'll get it in resistance. Don't don't you worry. I have things to say about calf. Resistance? Did we just fully go <laughs> into oh, no. the captain's pod? Oh, no. What, so is, what just happened there? Nitpickers. <laughs> we just walked into captain's pod. Oh. The lines between our <laughs> Oh, no. I'm sorry. No, no, too no. Many shows. That's, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> what what day is it? Uh let's see. So, um <laughs> speaking of mistaking uh things, that was one of my other favorite sins was wrong channel harrow. I watch too many TV shows. <laughs> TV shows. Um, I thought that was great. And uh and then I always love the simple ones where we uh purposefully are ignorant about what the characters are saying. Uh, no, Mark. Dubai is the most populous city in the United Arab Emirates. That is a person. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> also, the the Simpsons shadow was funny too. We get it. You own the Simpsons now. We're all so proud. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about the uh, the finale? Uh, this was a Cardoso Whittington script. Um, so, Ian, start us off. Some thoughts on gods and monsters. Mm, probably my least favorite of the entire season because Marvel's gonna Marvel. Um, the first third of the episode is contrivingly moving the chess pieces around to get them in the positions they need to be in um, to have a big fight that doesn't matter. So it's a big old fist fight between two gods. I'm just how little imagination do you have when you have the, you've created this skull bird person 
the alligator crocodile person and they throw each other around like mm-hmm. again they are either they're either metaphors or they are physically um physical representations of gods or whatever why are they body slamming each other why am i in a wwe match already it's so frustrating um and the most interesting part of the battle when mark is on his ass it skip i was like no we'll do the skipping thanks like (laughs) give me how he got out of that like it's it's as if like i I don't know it's that just really wound me up it's such such a cop out like we really don't need to i get thematically what they're doing but we really we don't need to write the ending to this because this will be just as confusing but yes um in terms of the video um that the the narrator doing the purple hat purple people's steeple you'll hear <laughs> loads of that in the outtakes of me just going purple hat judging all the people's steeple, people's steeple. <laughs> that was um from daniel's beautiful mind he just mm-hmm. posted a link to the song called purple hat um by sophie can't remember their last name um and he just said you know what like his staff looks really purple and i think it'd be really cool if aaron could rap this <laughs> and we're just like yeah i'm in i'll do it i got it's you so great and that song, I am absolutely hooked on that song. It is such a catchy little earworm. Um, and Aaron, you did a great job on delivering it. I think it, I kind of nailed it. Yeah, thanks, man. Sophie really... Tucker? Tucker? Sophie Tucker, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, I recommend everyone pausing, listening to it, and it will be in your ears. You are welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just really, really happy with the Ghostbusters outtake at the end of this, with the cut backwards and forwards uh-huh. between... The Ghostbusters at the end, and I love, I love being able to do that. Such a, yeah. The outtakes is such a great opportunity to have some fun and just something that bring something that's in your head, bring it to life. It's the editors did a great job on that. Yeah, I told Daniel, uh, I you know I do have some uh, rapping in my history. It was actually in a rap group for a while, so I I, yeah, I do know how to spit verse. Like it's not completely <laughs> completely foreign to me. Uh, I, I love he how can you drop so. A beat. <laughs> I do know how to spit for <laughs> It's like Alexa saying it. Knees weak, arms are heavy. Yeah, exactly. Like, Mom, but I've hey, got it's my own style. I'm not trying to emulate my... anybody else's, you know, style. Oop, there so goes gravity. I think, oops. Oop. Um, so yeah, I'd give it a shot. I, there was one thing I did add a people at the end that wasn't in the script, and uh, mm. it just kind of happened. Steeple people. Yeah, I steeple think. people at the end or whatever, yeah. uh, and decided to keep that, but that was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed this as well. Um, we need more avatars than we have left was the line in the show, and then the sin was my DM to James Cameron somehow makes its way into the script. <laughs> I felt seen on that one is uh-huh. a huge avatar defender, um, and I'm very excited the new movies are finally going to start coming out that's the rumor at least skip uh okay buddy make sure you really test the bulletproof nature of that wing before trying her legs hands or any other exposed body parts yeah it's one of my one of those tropes i've recognized since starting to sin stuff is just how dumb people aim their weapons when they're trying like it's they always aim at the parts that are going to be blocked um and they hold on that shot for about a minute and mm-hmm. a half of yeah. him just emptying a yeah. shell into a uh, clip yeah. into that wing. Uh, Danae, did you have anything to add? <clears throat> yeah. So for me, there were a lot of sins in the finale, but I also had fun because in this one, we get to see, you know, what it means for Layla to become an avatar herself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there was this really, I liked the moment when she, her body is taken over. I mean, the actor in that moment was doing something that was really entertaining to watch. 
shifting from Layla to this other character, back to Layla, who is now confused and exhausted, and then back to the character, and then back into Layla, who is... Re- it's just this... It, it was a really incredible scene, like her body posture and the way that she was emulating and everything. I just, I loved that. I loved the clothing that she was given. I thought she looked so fucking badass. I wanted to see even more. Layla's mm. Layla's character in general to me was a really interesting arc because she went from, you know, kind of a side character to showing that she had skills. We saw her shoot people. We saw her doing hand-to-hand combat. We saw her doing things like, you know, repelling. She was clearly very, very... Uh, powerful already just as a regular human. So when she becomes an avatar, I got really excited because it's like, oh, she's going to not only have existing skill set, but now she's enhanced. So I really enjoyed that. I could have started there. And then Mm. I think the finale would have been even more fun because it would have been just more of a chance to dig into Layla's character. But this is Moon Knight. This isn't this isn't whatever it's this Scarlet Scarab or whatever she's like. Give us a Scarlet Scarab show. That's what (laughs) I want. So fucking cool. Um, so and I liked I liked a lot of the fight scenes in this one and they're they are tropey and it is exactly what you expect it to be. I thought it was really interesting to have like in the background these titans fighting and in the foreground the people the avatars fighting and I loved seeing the Moon Knight stuff. It was so exciting to finally get to see like Moon Knight not mm. struggling as a human but like kicking ass and then Mark and Steven having a mental agreement back and forth between mm. them. That was so exciting because then you've got like they're like basically handshaking off and you've got a cool badass looking Moon Knight like uh, gear. And then in the next second, you've got um like a little uh suit on and, and they they have these different approaches to how they're fighting. And I really I really enjoyed that stuff. So um, but the sins for me in this one was definitely like, oh, the love of Mark and Steven has opened up the gate back to you know, our reality. And so that Vomit. was just like, okay, all right. I guess we're just yeah. cutting it. In. All right. That's, that's what we're doing now. Okay. For, for mm-hmm. sure. Whatever. Oh. Um, and then another big sin for me was if you realize that the avatars are in for, uh, important through the Upshopti, just fucking take them all and smash them. Right. Like yeah. bring all the gods. What the fuck are we doing? Why are we wasting mm-hmm. time? It just seemed like, you found the showcase room of power. Why not, if the world's about to end, check out this other cool god and see what you can do. Um, so those are those are some of my like initial thoughts I remember having when I was watching uh, this one and, and seeing how it concludes. And then, of course, the big surprise reveal at the end uh, was I-, I thought was really very um, mobster. And mm. that, of course, is expected if you began to look into the history of Moon Knight, which of course mm-hmm. I did as I was writing scripts. So, but um, I did not watch the final episode of our sins video. So that's a sin on me. <laughs> I didn't Dang. read it. I wasn't part of the review process. I literally have not watched it. And then in prepping for the show today, I ran out of time. So um, I will say, I, I know if I did watch it, I would have laughed. Um, thank you i would have agreed Mm -hmm. good confidence i would have enjoyed the rap of this purple thing Mm -hmm. that i i am literally aside from chris and jeremy like so it's chris jeremy and i are now the we we don't understand the inside joke between everybody else about this rap thing because it's like if jonathan 
and Daniel and Ian and Aaron are in a meeting together and someone says purple, this this whole thing like kicks <laughs> off, right? Dancing. <laughs> That's not the people And then and then you've got like Jeremy, Chris and I that are like going, I don't understand what? what's happening right now. <laughs> Join so, anyway. us. Join I'm sorry us. I didn't watch it, you guys. I apologize. Uh, all right, let's move into the movies. Um, we are going to start with Star Trek IV. Yes! Uh, this is the Star Trek where they go into the uh, the intensive care unit and hook yes. everybody up to the IV. IV. Uh, so this is Scott Whittington's script. Jeremy and Ian writing on this one. Uh, okay, can I just ask a question to get started? Yeah, the question, mm-hmm. Ian, is are you familiar with Star Trek? Um, <laughs> you, I think, Aaron, you're going to have to take the lead on okay. this one. I don't okay. know why we'll they do. put me on we'll this do. script. We'll do. So bizarre. My question is, Ian, mm-hmm. most everyone knows that you know, you coming onto the team was a pretty exciting experience for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most everyone knows that you're obviously Star Star Trek fan and big into Star Trek. I don't think people know that you didn't realize that a lot of the team was also no. Star Trek fans. Mm-hmm. So I just want to kind of you have a moment of like, what was it like for you to write a script with Jeremy <laughs> of this? content that you love on such a hugely known movie the one with the whales like this is a big deal oh it's a big deal yeah and it was like three or four no it was like four months ago when um it was me you and chris were at dinner and then chris slipped in that he had a plan to it would be nice to tick off a couple of more star trek films if possible and just have them as like videos that come out every so often and I'm just there, just like trying to play it cool. Just like, yeah, no, I, I guess that that makes sense from a from a business point of view. We should absolutely do that. Try not to lose my freaking shit. And I'm like, I have to do this. Your hand is shakingly reaches over for your water. Like, <laughs> just like shake. Just like, oh, we need to do this. I was like, yeah, no. I mean, if you ever need somebody to step in and write one of those, I suppose I could make some time in my diary and and make sure I, I'm available. Um, yeah, man, it was so, so cool. When I saw this on the schedule, I was a giddy little boy. Um, and there was, a, there was a couple of reasons, because Star Trek Four was the first original series exposure that I had. Um, so I think I was like eight or nine when I first watched this movie. It's the first Star Trek movie I remember watching. So it's the one that when I was growing up, I would often go back to because I'd be like, oh yeah, the whales are in this one. And it was like the funniest of all the Star Trek films because you go from like the very dire seriousness of the Wrath of Khan and the Search for Spock, which are all very, very kind of serious stories with not a lot of jokes to this just batshit, almost like um, uh, Chris Columbus almost story of just, it's like a kid's movie. Just you've got Chekhov running around asking where the naval, where the, where the nuclear vessels are. Like you've got a Russian walking around in 1980s America in the middle of the Cold War asking for a nuclear submarine. Absolutely, just beautiful. And it's just it's a bonkers story. They go spoilers back in time, not on the Enterprise to rescue Spo- some Did you whales. Just say spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. <laughs> hey, some people may not have watched it. Oh my god, um, that's yeah, amazing. It's just wild the the story. Whoever came up with that story is like it's it's crazy because we've wrapped up that Spock is back. Time for a new mission. Nope. On the way back home, while in a bird of prey, a probe comes after the whales, nearly destroys Earth. 
hey, we need to go back in time and get some whales. And it's like, what are we doing here? Um, but it's it's so, so much fun. Um, and I was a little bit hesitant when I sat down to sin it because I was like, man, they say don't like kind of deeply analyze the things that you love. But this is by far and away the easiest script that I have ever written. And I still love it. I still enjoy the movie. But the sins just came so easily. I could unapologetically pull in references from other Star Trek movies. Because this is the the place to do it. You can slip in a random Star Trek movie reference wherever you want. But I got to go really, really deep on some stuff in in this video. And yeah, just I wanted it to to go on longer. I wanted this to be like a four-hour movie that I just kept sinning. Um, So yeah, loads and loads and loads of fun. Um, Love the McCoy bonus round. Um, where he takes on the voice of the narrator. That's DeForest Kelly and McCoy were absolutely made to do this. Um, and yeah, loved the reaction to Dory in the outtakes. Of <laughs> that was so funny. That Dory His stuff son. kills me. <laughs> it's just it's their reaction on the bridge, uh, and then Spock's mm-hmm. little yeah, fascinating. So yes, those are my thoughts. I could carry on gushing about Star Trek Four, but yeah, it was a pleasure to write with with Jeremy on on this one for sure. Nice. It must feel it must feel pretty awesome because you know I remember writing with like Chris and Jeremy the first time and be ter- like terrified and I still get really intimidated by it because they've just they know mm. they know how to make it all sing. Um, so writing on something that I'm like a super fan of or like mm. really knowledgeable on with another like with Chris or Jeremy also as that person it just like amplifies the nerddom so much it amplifies the passion and amplifies like mm. the perfectionist part of it and wanting to get it right so um, I always lose it yeah. when they when anybody else makes a deep cut like in a script that we just locked yesterday Jonathan references a pretty obscure episode of Deep Space Nine. And this is a show that has nothing to do with Star Trek. And I'm, I went giddy. And I was like, there's only four people that are going to laugh at that. I'm one of them. I don't know where the other three are, but I want to be friends with them. So <laughs> that's so where I noted it. And it was just like, can somebody please explain this to the non-Star Trek fan? <laughs> yeah, why this, this is funny? I, or... <laughs> I needed a little bit of a reminder for it. but And to, yeah, to see Jeremy like referencing some deep cut stuff as well. I'm like, yes, my people. My people. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Danae, what about you? The one with the whales. So so I kind of felt like a little bit weird watching the Sins video for this one because this mm. is one that obviously uh, Ian has told me about um, on Captain's Pod where I thought that he was lying about there being a Star Trek movie that included whales. And because we were watching Picard, we were discussing like the punk on the bus. And so I had like references mm-hmm. from recent conversation about the content of this movie and it's kind of one where we want to watch it right like i kind of want to watch this movie so watching the sins video means i'm i'm watching it in a weird way first mm, i almost didn't want you to watch it because right. two, three and four are definitely a trilogy of sorts um so yeah what a bizarre way to watch it it was a bizarre way to watch it but i decided uh to jump in on it and and just kind of get my i don't know it gave me an idea of what i'm uh, what i'm going to be experiencing and I, I don't mm-hmm. I can't tell if I'm excited or nervous about that experience <laughs> honestly because storytelling Star Trek storytelling is interesting it's a mm-hmm. lot of uh, technical babble um, mixed with conversations about alien races and then some sort of made up problem that they have to solve and you just hope yep. that it's either silly enough that you're having a good time or serious enough that it makes sense like it, and I don't I can't tell from the sense video what I'll feel when I watch it in its entirety. 
No, this is one hundred percent silly. It's it's beyond <laughs> silly. So, um, but I did enjoy it. Uh, there was a series of sin, um, uh, a nice run on the Klingon food packs that I really enjoyed. <laughs> uh, I found that to be very very funny. Um, why would you eat them and all that stuff? Uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I really love the sin about fuck you movie for getting the future wrong. The mm-hmm. one about I the whales being too, extinct. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a delightful sort of sin where. <laughs> he was like, Aha! actually, we have a lot of whales. Thank you very much. Yep. <laughs> As if now they might all be pumped full of plastic at this point no. and, and floating to the top of the uh, water because um, they can't stay down anymore because they're pumped full of plastic. But, you know, that's another problem entirely. That's for another movie. Wait, is that a thing or did you just make that up? I know the plastic in, in the water is a thing, but are they f- they're, they're floating more? Because I of don't the... know. I made that okay, part. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that that was... I would imagine was... they're sinking more. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they have like a whole bunch of just, you know, like jugs of milk. It's just the, the milk jugs. and They're all filled with water somehow, air wait, somehow. And wait, just, like, wait, wait. How is top. any of that happening? It's not. I just made it up. That's why I wanted oh, okay. to clarify. I wanted to make sure people knew that this they was from Danae's... They filled with plastic. Yes, that is, that true. is a fact. Okay. Um, and I really love the large pizza sin. That one slayed me because it kind of came back around mm-hmm. And turned into a like, wait a second, you're just, he come with this little tray? Like, I wanted to see where they were going to put these two large pizzas. Some Something on the lap, blah, blah, blah. This, there were so many really fun sins in this one, but there was a few that I just didn't, I didn't expect. And that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, was they ordered point. two pizzas. Like, I love mm-hmm. when Jeremy's rants get cut off by the next rant oh, that is even yeah. more ridiculous. And this one had like the dialing. No, no, no. The dialing downs and click. Sorry, yes. we'll get to that uh-huh. one in a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I had some of those as well. I also had just just the idea of scratching out the title and calling it the one with the whales. I thought was you know a great nod that to that. That was very clever. Um, That's off my bucket list. The uh, Uhura can apparently detect the location of whales from miles away, but not these two men that Sulu nearly <laughs> landed on. Made me laugh. Uh, and then I really liked Jeremy's delivery on the give all the sins back if it cut to the scene of all the Enterprise crew shoved into storage lockers at the train station like the Muppets take Manhattan and Spock did Janice's line of I'll trade with anyone that has a jacuzzi. It was just really, really great uh, delivery. It was and just so specific. Zany. Yeah, that kind yeah. of specific kind of humor. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, all right, let's move. Oh, find his son. <laughs> Any Dory will always work for me. Always. <laughs> always. Uh, let's move into Click. Uh, this also was a Scott Whittington script. Uh, mm. So, Ian. Busy week. And, yes, uh, busy week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they just finished uh, writing it on Wednesday, and it was available on it's Thursday. Amazing it's amazing how, how it that works. Well. It did really well. And a Moon Knight script in there as well. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about this one, Ian. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I remember when you were writing this, <laughs> you just I... were like DMing just like oh, it, yeah. Adam. Sandler so is much. the worst. I passionately, passionately, actively dislike this film. And it just it it just it soured me on Adam Sandler. Like, I don't know how this man, his company, is like making content, making money, we are paying him, and this is acceptable. Like I hesitate to even say bad movie because it has a structure, people enjoy it, there are laughs. It's just an offensive movie. And so many of his movies, especially from like the mid to early noughts, just have these anti-anything that isn't a straight white male message. Just, there's anti-trans stuff in here. There's homophobic stuff in here. 
There's if you're fat, you're not lovable, you're not worth any time. Fear cliche things. And the story itself, it's anti-science because it doesn't make any sense. He's not even using the remote properly. Like, you can rewind, you can't rewind. What? Just skipping time with his family instead of pausing time so that he can do his work and then spend time with his family. It did, ooh, And I feel like what's, what tops it off with this movie is that he was trying to make a sincere a sincere movie. He was attempting a sincere message here of don't let time flash you by appreciate your family you only get it once and then just coated in this glaze of offensive bullshit i sent many many messages just saying like how how are these movies so popular how do they make so much money um why is it okay why isn't why is why don't we look back on these movies and just say like that was horribly offensive and i I think my favorite sin was just the oh yeah it was acceptable at the time joke 2006 it's Everything at some point is 20 years ago. That doesn't mean that 20 years ago it was fine. Like, it's it's just bizarre that we are defending things that came out in the mid-noughts as, oh, we didn't know. No, we knew not to be a bad person. Like, that's always been a thing. Ah. But um, we also had a debate about whether the, the movie was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I was convinced that this movie was a dream. I, uh, that, was the it, end... that was interesting to me because I don't remember mm. ever thinking it was a dream. I mean, I know the movie. The movie does the thing where it's like, what you know, wink, wink, like it's not a dream. But I don't like. I didn't even see it as a wink. Like he he falls asleep in a bed mm-hmm. and then wakes up in exactly the same bed. Mm-hmm. Like that's where he wakes up. Now, the god can still be real, or whatever Crystal Walken is, mm-hmm. but I still feel like it was it was all a dream, And but the dream was created by Crystal Walken. At the end of the day, it doesn't make a difference. It all happened. Everyone is a terrible person in this movie. It's just Happy Madison should be shut down. Um, and there we go. Yep. Um, I vented all over this movie um, and would do it all again. <laughs> Uh, Danae, you want to follow that? <laughs> His movies and also the movies that Will Ferrell tends to be in, I just, I've never really enjoyed. So um, it was really nice to watch this movie get sinned. I, I, there's times whenever I'm like, we're doing the Lord's work in our job. <laughs> and when we send shows or movies like this, um, Adam, uh, Sandler's approach to humor with women is just massively objectifying. Uh, we matter when we're pretty. And mm-hmm. we're fuckable because of that. And then women who look different than the uh, supermodel-esque uh, figure um, are always comedic and abused. And we've seen that in a lot of, of the films. And so I, I, I'm I with you, Ian. It's so infuriating, it's hard to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's there's something about like if you try to approach certain topics with humor, um, it doesn't land well. But... It is important, right? It's important to look at how to have polarizing conversations from different perspectives. They're sitting down with a debate, and then there's like creating what are supposed to be comedy movies. But I don't think Adam Sandler is attempting to start a positive conversation or open up the doors on stuff. He's just going for simple, dirty jokes. The problem with it for me is that some people are like, yeah, see, that's the defining characteristic that we're looking for. Why can't I just have a beautiful wife that raises my children? And that's it, that's And then eventually there's like a little bit of a of a moment in his movies where it's like, oh, here's the redemption arc, you know? 
But the redemption arcs end up being infuriating as well. Like, for example, um, in the movie where, uh, is it 51st Dates? Mm. Where the end of the movie is just, and now she's a mother. The end. It's like, oh, okay. So in that's, some that's nightmare world where she uh-huh. wakes up with that's children she never remembers. That's character to you. You you stalked her. You tricked her. You fell in love with her. Uh, maybe there's a part of her subconscious that actually adores you. Um, and then and then the defining characteristic of her personality that is the most important is that she's a mother. It's just a strange, strange thing to go into the world of the Happy Madison films, and it always has been for me. So um, yeah, I. I struggle. I struggle with thinking of his his content as anything that I would want anyone to ever uh, watch. But that doesn't mean that some of it isn't stuff that I chuckle at. Uh, in some ways, there's always like a so, sometimes his humor will hit me, but it is so so rare because the rest of him is very very insulting. So it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant and you hate everything on the menu, but like the breadsticks were great, but the like the appetizers <laughs> when they come, there's like a there's like a like a sample plate. Mm. And it's like the little crumbs that come on the sample plate are technically good. <laughs> so yeah. it's like that. It's like that. It just makes me mad. It makes me so mad that we're still oh, yeah. greenlighting these movies. Just, uh-huh. Um, I really liked the human dog <laughs> sim. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was just Weird really sentence. funny. What, <laughs> um, the emergency Twinkie I enjoyed because it turned into the, the narrator realizing he does not have mm-hmm. an emergency Twinkie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that was good. And then, of course, the bingo incest for Flyerfly, uh, the the bingo incest <laughs> that turned into a like we're we're creating these movies but not letting Firefly exist, um, and 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 just sort of the the general turning down of the volume uh, mm. on those rants was mm-hmm. just a really fun way to for us to have fun ourselves in these, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, I am if not. If you come out and say you like this movie, no, 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 we no, are no, leaving. No, 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 I don't like this movie. <laughs> but I am, I am not going to be backed into being the person who's defending Adam Sandler. So I'm just not going to comment on uh, a lot of that stuff. I think you both were a little too hard on somebody who's trying to make jokes at the end of the day. But we, we can, we can have that conversation off the air. Uh, Adam Sandler, by <laughs> nope. all accounts, is a super cool human being, and. That to me matters most than than the content uh, having. Why can't he use that niceness to make content that isn't so abhorrent? Like then? I said, I don't listen. I I have never ever like since Billy Madison was probably the last time I watched a Sandler movie and went, oh, I get some of that. That's funny to me how he's doing. Like his movies miss me on almost every level. But I've always found insult humor. To be demeaning. I've always found it to be, you know, kind of a a type of humor that doesn't connect with me. Um, I don't. I don't know that. Is there ever a place? Let's go here. Is there ever a place for insult humor? That's such for a blanket me, statement. Yes, like for, it is a blanket for, statement. That's what I'm asking. For me, I and I have a tender, tender heart, everybody. But for <laughs> me, it's really hard for me to laugh at the expense of someone else. It's I've, I'm just wired that way. Right. So if if we're going to start off by by pointing at someone and saying, look at how this person is, that's less than what I am. And so I'm going to make a joke at their expense to elevate myself. I always have a hard time with that humor, no matter where it's coming from. So in that but that assumes intent, right? Like that that assumes that that has a lot of assumptions about what is happening and why it is happening. Um, because it's how I interpret. Correct. You know, uh, and I also want to say, like, I don't watch comedy 
on the regular because I have a hard time connecting with that right. kind of humor. Right. Like I don't go sit down and watch, uh, you know, comic shows. Um, I think there's only one that I've watched recently that was highly recommended to me and it was, it was a pretty good time and, and didn't have a lot of that style of humor. Right. Yeah. I just, I just wonder where, like, for me, what, what annoys me the most is a lot of the same things that, uh, annoy you guys, which is that there, there comes a point where you don't realize that even though you're supposedly having fun together, that you are, uh, piling on general human nature ideas of the different, not the norm. You know, like when something is different, it's funny because it's weird. Like that to mm. me is the most dangerous part underlying all of it. Um, but there, there is an interesting thing. And again, I've never gotten it. It's never been my favorite thing. I, I remember watching Friends when it was on live and just being like, they treat each other like crap. Like I don't understand why this is, this is funny. Um, but at the same time, I do know that people do find that funny, and I try not to to judge them for you know uh, laughing at a certain type of humor. Um, roasts, for instance, like you know people know why they're there, and so maybe the the foundation is a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 definitely where you definitely see things through the context that you live in now, through your own you know experiences, all those kind of. Um, all those kind of things. I just have never, I will always, always, always prefer a person be an amazing person in real life and then be a jerk performer uh, as opposed to the opposite. I hear so. what you're saying. You're you're saying it's not Adam Sandler, it's the Adam Sandler character. And we actually are sensitive to that because it's not Jeremy, it's the right. Jeremy narrator. Right. And there is a difference between the two. Well, we could we could have this the many of these same complaints levied at us and some of the things that we have done or will do. I mean, the channel's been around for 10 years and there are certainly things we do differently now than we did 10 years ago and I think it's valid to talk about context. I think it's valid to talk mm -hmm. about how things change. Um but it doesn't it doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it okay or good. It just offers context and the ability to give grace, mm. you know, a little bit of grace. Yeah. So. I was never trying to make a judgment on insult humor. I just think it is objectively something we don't need when the thing that he's making a joke at is that the girls that he dated in college were overweight and hairy. And we're laughing at those people. That poking fun at that when it has nothing to do with the story and it is just, hey, these people are different. Let's laugh at them to get a laugh. That I think we can objectively say, why is that in your movie? Yeah, no, I agree. I I totally agree. I just think it's dangerous comedy in a way because you're almost like normalizing or trying to normalize making a joke at someone else's expense. And when you see it done in certain ways, it's it just can kind of permeate way too deep of a conversation for this podcast i'm sure uh it is also 91 degrees in my office i am <laughs> so hot <laughs> i am dying uh, uh you just need you need a light above you that will flash every once in a while yes. and that that would help Amazing. out quite a bit uh all right Alan references the outtakes i will say uh as far as this video goes uh i did think it was very very funny um 
and including the insults that we hurled at uh, at the movie, uh, I think it is really interesting that we had two Jim Carrey movie comparisons, uh, the Bruce Almighty comparison and the Truman Show comparison. I thought they both were uh, valid and funny and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also had the Twinkie sin because uh, emergency Twinkie is now a thing that we all need. Um, yeah. All right. Let's move into the comment section. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to pick a comment from last week's content in the various places you reach out. Discord, YouTube, Reddit, etc. Um, I'll go first. Uh, Follow up uh, from Spee on the CSPN CinemaSense Podcast Network YouTube channel uh, where we post uh, the episodes. Uh, Ian Spee says, uh, I will absolutely follow up if anything happens. Uh, Spee, Yay. of course, is the other CRPD sufferer uh, that in is the in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but crazy that there's already another one. I, I know. Uh, says, I'm still considering whether it would be worth it and if I would have to pay out of pocket for something like that. Ultimately, my love for Dr. Pepper will probably steer me towards shelling out a few thousand clams to drink it without pain or discomfort. Um, that's how I, I mean i'm wondering if i can get it on the nhs but yeah it's been diagnosed so recently it may it may not it might be a therapeutic thing as opposed to an actual yeah medical thing it's interesting but i am seeing the benefits of not and i can't believe we do this every week now. <laughs> I, I, I have cut out all fizzy drink i now when i go to the pub drink a guinness exclusively instead of beer because guinness is very very tight it's it's not even carbonated there's yeah. a slight fizz to it but it goes down very easily. Um, yeah, so I've just decided to adapt in that way, and I do hiccup a lot less. It's That's... only when I eat food too quick that I now have yeah. painful hiccups. Yeah. So interesting. I love it. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Uh, Danae, what about you? What's your comment? Uh, um, I I have IBS. Uh, <laughs> I, I learned it when I was older, uh, and mm-hmm. that's why I was always in pain mm-hmm. growing up, mm-hmm. and um, I have cut out um, a lot of dairy and it has improved my life mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. you go there you go good that works that works no i really do have a comment i'm i just have to find it super super fast because i think i took a screenshot instead of writing it down ian do you want to uh go with yours next um yeah so i've got one from star trek four um this is red vines 69 <laughs> nice uh two <laughs> things one, if you don't make a Time Walk Rocky Horror reference in the outtakes, I will cry. 
two, I just read the other day a crazy fun theory that the whales in Star Trek ended up going extinct because three whales and a marine biologist intent on saving the whales were abducted from 1986, <laughs> which is really, really twisted when you think about it. And then my favourite part of this comment is the edit at the bottom. OMG, dude, you did it! I just about died when the time warp joke came on. Nice. <laughs> I didn't know if that was a joke until I saw the edit, and I was like, what a joy nice. to see the film and then think, oh, I really hope this outtake is there. And then it's and just then a it step happens. to the left. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was so a great outtake. Satisfied them. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine was also from um, the Star Trek one from Leslie. Now, this was one of the top comments. So I feel like I'm cheating because sometimes I'll like scroll through for something, but it was such a sweet story from Leslie T, who says the scene with Scotty at uh, Plexicorp has been an inside joke between my dad and I for 30 years. Dad still picks up a mouse and says into it, hello, computer, <laughs> or whatever. Whenever he sees a piece of plexiglass or acrylic, he taps it and exclaims with a surprised tone, transparent aluminum? I'm 44 <laughs> years old and I can't stop giggling. Oh, that's amazing. And I thought that was I a cool it. story to share. But also it's just really fun that we have sinned this like classic movie and it's just getting so much love in the comments because mm-hmm. of stories like this, because people have so much emotional attachment to this show, but then also enjoying the sense video at the same time. Mm. And it's just a beautiful combination. Anytime we can get a passionate fan base that understands what we're doing and is having a fun time with it too. And just to nice. get back on my honey horse, there is such a <laughs> difference in tone between how we lovingly sins this video and you can, it is me and Jeremy on both videos and then how we passionately sin click. You can kind of like, feel it. There's so it, much right? love yeah. weaved into this video that you can just feel. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, let's move into nitpicking the nitpickers of the nitpickers. But you wouldn't want to nitpick, right, Danny? Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, cheap, 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 talk a lot, pick a little more. Um, actually... Oops. What do you mean, oops? Missed it by that much. Am I just going to nitpick everyone until they leave me? Ian takes a look at some, um, actuallys from the comments, and we decide together if the commenter was green, yellow, or red. Ian, where did we screw up this week? Well, we're going, this is just going to be the week of getting a little bit too serious on BTS. Um, (laughs) It's going to be a relatively short nitpick because I've got one fun one to end with, but two semi-serious ones where we have a bit of an apology. I screwed up because, yes, at the end, Jake is speaking Spanish, not Italian. I had to make Mm -hmm. sure I got that the right way around. Um, Now, the reason, this was my sin, my my screw up. Um, The reason I thought that is because I remember... For some reason, in his imagination, that third character having like an Italian-American vibe to him right. or an accent. And when he's like the angry cab driver or something, I almost remember somebody saying this Italian-American guy. So I just had it preloaded in my mm-hmm. head that the third personality was this angry Italian-American mobster character and just didn't even stop for a second to think maybe he's speaking Spanish, not Italian. Yeah. So that is a straight up green. Everyone in the comments, <laughs> correct. I specifically want to apologize to definitely not Nev, who said, thanks for clarifying what language Jake spoke. I thought it was French. Oh, <laughs> no. No, I'm so sorry that like this. He may never, they may never go back to the comments. And I'm just, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> that is just misinformation. So. And- 
a little more behind the behind the scenes on this. Uh, this kind of this kind of stuff gets under my skin just because I want to get it mm-hmm. right, right? So I'm having a one-on-one conversation with Ian about this, not knowing he wrote this in, and I'm just going off about like how frustrated I am that we just don't double check each other's work or whatever. And I'm, but I think I even said in our conversation, I'm guilty of it as much 100%. as anybody else is. But it's, it is one of those things where it's like we don't have the resources for every single one of us to fact check every single other one of us we just mm. don't have the ability to do that so we have to take it on good faith that we're all doing you know the the work in some of those sins uh and so yeah we've all Oopsie. been there we've all been there Oopsie. but I, fe- I felt terrible when i realized that you <laughs> you were the one that had written it because i wasn't i wasn't i think i even said this isn't against whoever wrote this when we were talking or whatever if but. it makes you feel better when we were talking about that I, because we haven't spoken since, right. I forgot that I'd written the sin. So I was uh-huh. like, well, who's, I was thinking in my head, who screwed that up? Like, why didn't we check it? I rewatched the video and I'm like, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> it was me. It was me. It was me. Yeah. The, the other one is also from Moon Knight. This is a genuine apology. Um, when um, the sin is, um, when he's apologizing to his hat after hitting it on the ground and we say, you don't need to apologize to it. It's the hat. And it's, it's it's just a hat. It doesn't care. And it's actually a kipper that he's wearing. And it's quite a symbolic thing to apologize to to the cap mm. if you've done something wrong or um, misrepresented your religion. So it is from a Jewish background thing. So there were quite a few comments that were a little bit offended or thought that was a bit of an insensitive joke. And yeah, I think that came from a place of misunderstanding the scene as opposed to making mm-hmm. a dig at anything. Yeah. That was yeah. definitely a, another great There you go. We'll end us on a fun one, Ian. Um... And the fun one, well, well, I don't know if it's fun. Um, <laughs> it's just the idea that if the sin was, if the scales are unbalanced, why doesn't he just get immediately thrown overboard? And the commenter said, well, it's because they're still going up and up and down so they're still in motion which means it hasn't decided if they're unbalanced yet mm. so my argument is kind of well anything that isn't balanced results in overboard mm-hmm. or am i being too black and white no i i think uh i think we we finally get a chance to say uh that we're right in this case and you're wrong um no there there has to be a cutoff right like there has to be at some mm. point where it's like you're not balanced well of course it's still moving because you're not balanced like that just means there's never a uh, a cutoff. Um, how would you know? Mm. How would you then? Know? How long do you wait? How long do you yeah. wait before you go? No, you're unbalanced. Um, how long do you wait for the spinning top to keep spinning <laughs> before you know you're in a dream? Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, all right. Let's finish off the show with some deconstruction. Tell me a story. Everyone, stop construction. Something sinister won't build itself. What do you make it up as you go along? The Simpsons make it up as they go along, and they're as happy as a ribbon in a Bible. That doesn't make any sense. Danae is going to predict what a movie is about based on its title, tagline, and bits of information she's given by the rest of the crew. Now, Danae, based on the absolute debacle of the last time we tried this where <laughs> you knew every single thing about the movie i picked i didn't know Amazing. everything i didn't know everything uh wow. i did reach out of, to you ahead of time and say hey here's the movie title uh do you have any point of reference on this movie and you said no so here we go uh today's movie for danae to tell us what it's all about danae what is the movie guess who's coming to dinner all about okay 
this is a movie about the debacle, mm. uh, tragic humor of creating a game show. Oh, Okay. okay, okay, so it's a movie. <laughs> Are you changing the emphasis? Is it Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? <laughs> so so this is, so Guess Who's Coming to Dinner is like the title of this game show. They're, they're you know, and so, so it's like so, a farce. So, so, the, so the show, the, the movie is all in one room. Okay. Okay, and it's, it's over the course of a dinner. And this is about 10 people or so. So it's a big cast. Mm-hmm. It's, a big, it's a big dinner mm-hmm. uh, table. Mm-hmm. And it's them trying to figure out the best game show that they can create to make money and, you know, because they have a lot of resources. Mm. So the camera is in the middle of the table and it kind of just slow pans around and they're all eating and everything. And then somebody will throw out an idea like, so it's like, guess who is this? And then and, and then like bloop, bloop, bloop opens up in the imagination and it shows the possibility of how a contestant. So. The movie isn't the entirely like in one room. Mm. It actually like an imagination goes out and shows all these variables of game shows as the people at the table are adding to it right. and creating these interesting things. Great. So it's like a combination of like dating shows, for example, like guess who's coming to dinner kind of has a fun uh, connotation of like you're going to go to dinner on a date, mm-hmm. but like, guess who it is first yeah. or guess who um like this is and they have to like like it's a celebrity guest panel uh-huh. do you remember the show when it was like the uh-huh. tic-tac-toe yes. thing yeah, it's yeah. like that's on there too right so that's the idea okay uh to follow up with your next bit of information about the movie would you like a tagline plot keyword piece of trivia quote or a hint from the b team um in the interest uh, I, I will let ian choose ian does she get a tagline plot keyword piece of trivia quote or a hint um, from you. We're going to go for a piece of trivia. Ooh, a piece of trivia uh, from this movie. Uh, let's see. Here's a piece of trivia for you from the movie Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. <laughs> In the scene near the end where Spencer Tracy gives his memorable soliloquy, Catherine Hepburn can be seen crying in the background. This was not acting. She knew how gravely ill her longtime friend was and was moved by his remarks. Why did you laugh at that? It's horrible. <laughs> That's why I laughed. I can't, it's horrible. I mean, that doesn't really change much about this. No, no, except it doesn't. Except for that because it, it, cause she is still in the room where the dinner happens. You know, mm-hmm. she just kind of had to step away for a moment. Right. Um, so so that doesn't change too much. But uh, it does, it does. Is this a black and white movie? <laughs> <laughs> it it was, is old. It it is old. It's an older, it's an older movie mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. That, now I know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, so that makes it even better because this is this is actually a, a true story. Oh, okay, yeah. Of how Price is Right came to. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. It's, I, it's probably on the Amazing. poster. Uh, what would you like next? Uh, tagline, plot keyword, quote, or a B team hint? Uh, again, Ian can choose. A uh, tagline, because I don't know what the tagline for this movie is. Yeah, I don't either. Um, the tagline. Okay, so we're going to go over the options? No, no, no. I can look it up. Uh, let's see. The tagline for this movie is, guess who's coming to dinner? A love story of today. Which is 
what this wound up being is a dating show. Mm, so that's mm-hmm. actually the tagline for the game show that eventually comes on. So and, and it's uh, that's one of the reasons that the audience at home will watch it. See, is guess who's coming to dinner? It's all about dating mm-hmm. and falling in love. Yeah, on a game show makes total mm-hmm. sense. Makes total. But sense. it's over dinner, so it's really interesting because like there are questions between the contestants about like what they like, what they don't like, things mm-hmm. like that. So then there's someone who cooks. So it's also like the first cooking competition. And somehow that actually morphed into Price is Right eventually because they realized, you know, it wasn't really as fun and the audience wasn't uh-huh. like going to participate. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, what next? Would you like a quote, a plot keyword, or a B team hint? B team hint. All right, Ian. What's your hint about uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Okay. Um, mm, this deals with. <laughs> I don't know why you picked this movie. This deals with um, uh, marriage equality. Hmm. Well, yeah, hint. it's part of the dating process. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the importance of marriage equality. It actually was a groundbreaking series because you know at the time, mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. uh, marriage mm-hmm. didn't feel very. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and so they actually on the game show made sure that the women could ask questions of the men and the men could ask questions of the women that gave them a better understanding of the quality of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like it. I like it. I mean, that completely makes sense to me. Uh, as, as it should. Uh, so we're just down to plot keyword or quote. Which would you like? Quote's fine. All right. We will now do a quote uh, from... I mean, this. all of this is just confirming what this is for me. Yes. And then, no, and, like, I... It's not really changing the show too much, which is surprising, I suppose. Hmm. Uh, here's a quote. All confirmation bias, one of the two. <laughs> uh, the character Matt says, Joanna, this may be the last opportunity I have to tell you to do anything, so I'm telling you, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that totally fits. <laughs> totally fits. Okay, could you repeat that again? Yes. Joanna, this may be the last opportunity I have to tell you to do anything, so I'm telling you, shut up. Okay, so then this scene uh, was a scene that uh, jo- Johanna mm-hmm. um, reveals that she is actually the owner of the company that that like this production company. Oh, okay, right, okay, okay. Because Johanna, she people think that she's like this mousy person who doesn't have. Turns out she was in control the whole time and made all the decisions. And he was about to be fired because he'd been a dick to her this whole time, mm. this whole movie you know, putting all of our ideas down and all this stuff. And Johanna was like, listen, I'm actually in charge here. And so he's basically saying, this is my last opportunity to talk to you because I'm about to be fired. Uh, and then and then he is subsequently fired after that. So, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that works well. Uh, that just brings us then down to a plot keyword. And the pot, plot keyword is interracial relationship. This was a decision that that would be the very first episode that they aired. Ah. It was about equality. It was about, uh, you know, showing different styles of relationship to the public. It was really great. I mean, it was groundbreaking. People got upset about it, but they had to get over it. Mm-hmm. And the show just basically is the reason that we have goodness in the world. <laughs> um, <this> works. <laughs> Well done, Danae Hughes. Well done. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Guess who's guess who's coming to dinner uh, as a game show that Mm -hmm. brings us the hard truths about relationships. 
is in a fun way a fun that way. also ended up becoming the reason the price is right. Correct, and eventually, I'm amazed how close you actually got. <laughs> really? Ish. Ish. Yeah. Wait, tell me. Tell me what's. Tell me what's really going on so here. So, guess who's coming to dinner? Is just a really hardcore movie about interracial relationships. It is basically she brings home a black man as her future husband and her parents have to deal with that in the 60s and what that means and deal with their own mm. racism, deal with their friends racism, you know, those kind of things. And so the guess who coming to dinner is uh Sydney Potier uh who uh, plays the uh the man that she brings home. So she is Joanna and her dad is the one telling her to shut up. Um, because it may be the last time he gets to tell her something because she's leaving. Uh, she's moving now out. Now the man's so, job to do it. Yeah. Yes. yeah exactly. Husband's job to tell her to shut up. <laughs> so, sounds interesting. <laughs> uh, it is a fabulous movie. Uh, it is, uh, as mentioned, um, it was his final movie. He died before it came out. Um, and he gives one of the best speeches in the history of film uh, about racism because he is... The character who ends up uh, finding his way towards acceptance, um, and it's yeah, it's a lot of really interesting conversations uh, in the movie, especially for 1967. So mm. yeah, so there you go. That was fun. I love that game. That's that's one of my favorite games. I love hearing what mm. you come up with. And honestly, who knows? Maybe Guess Who's Coming to Dinner is better as a game show. You know, like it's it could work. It could absolutely work. <laughs> Uh, man that's that's a segment i would love to see animated just like slowly uh -huh. adding in yes, these weird right? elements right uh -huh. yeah absolutely that's, that's a lot of fun uh well that's gonna do it for behind the scenes this week don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well if you've got anything you want to send us you can mail it to us p.o box 881 republic missouri 65738 hang out with us on twitter we're at aaron dicer at denee says d-e-n-e-e-s-a-y-s and at wits end that's me you can spell it if you want, since you get mad I when I don't now. let you spell it. <laughs> Outstanding. W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. Uh, so for Danae Hughes, Ian Whittington, a purple people steeple, and myself, we will see you next week. Happy National Pink Day! Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. I'm legitimately addicted to that song. I play it every day nice. when I'm making breakfast. Nice. Why do you keep looking up, Ian? Are you under because, attack? No, because my light keeps, keeps flashing, doesn't it? Does can it? You, you can see that it keeps flashing. You look, you look like you're in the dark right now. You look. It looks very dark. It doesn't look like your face is lit. No, it's it's not. But I have a. There oh, we yep, go. Yep. Saw it did it, it again. I saw it. I saw Thank a flash. goodness. Right. Okay. This could be interesting. He and Ian and today are now both standing Ow. on their chairs. Uh, I refuse to join. Take a screenshot, Aaron. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Uh, let's see. How would I do that? How would I take a screenshot? Use the snippet tool. Where's the snippet tool on Windows 12 or 11 or whatever it is? Search for just snip in the search. I just realized I could put these on. What'd you say? <laughs> I'm just looking for how to take a screenshot. Uh, I got it. Wait, no, I can't. No, I got it. I got you. I got you. All right. Um, yep. You have both shown your... 
your pants. I have a question that's been on my pre-show notes for oh. however long I've been back in England. Okay, all right. Okay, let's and go. This is something that was so strange to me, and I I'm I almost think I had to have misheard what happened. Oh. So I'm at the gate waiting to get onto the plane, um, and it's probably three minutes away from boarding. Or it's very, very close. Okay. And a chap comes along and goes up to the, the desk lady where you like kind of go past, they scan your passport and you go in. And she said, there are no more seats on the plane. The plane is full. You checked in too late. That can't possibly be true. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That can be true. Wait, wait. No, no. Mm -hmm. You've paid for the flight. No, 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 no. You paid for an opportunity to be on the flight. This is yes. Yes, you did. That is no. This is this is the thing. They oversell every flight, and so at a certain point, if you aren't there. You negate your seat to somebody else. No, you do not. Yes, you, you have do. paid for that seat. Nope. You were going to be on that flight. No. no. I don't care when I check. <laughs> oh, no. This is, why, this is why you will often hear the announcements of we need people to not take this flight because they sell more tickets than they, they have. How is that legal? How is that legal? I will never forget the day that I learned about this as a possibility. <laughs> I was traveling That's with my cousin. Insane. We were going... Uh, on a bus from Philly to Washington, D.C. And the cheapest tickets are from Chinatown to Chinatown. And we're hanging out in the bus terminal with our luggage. And the bus pulls up and like we're just chatting because I haven't seen her for a while. And and she's like, we, we really need to go on the bus. And I was like, well, we've got tickets. And she says, yeah, but that's not a guarantee that you're going to get on the bus. <laughs> and I was like, what do no, you mean? What? And I'm in the terminal and she says, they oversell tickets. That's part of the reason that they can keep the price down. And she's like, so we really need to go out there. So we leave the bus terminal, approach the bus. There's a crowd of people around the door. There are people opening up the under, shoving in their luggage to get their luggage in. I look at Bianca and I was like, you take the luggage, I'll get us seats. And like a little fucking rat, <laughs> she she goes, okay. And I, my little five foot five frame, I start zipping between people. And I push my way to where I get to be the third person on the bus. I mean, people were mad at me, but I was, I'm never going to see these people again. I was so freaked out. There was no way we were going to miss this bus because it's the, wow. the trip of our life where we were going to go to three major city over 14 days. And we were going to be, we were living out of one suitcase each. And it was like this big thing. And I sit down the bus and then I start to get nervous because Bianca is not showing up and oh, the whole no. bus is loading. And she's one of the last people on the bus. She kind of like appears and finds me and just smirks and grins. And I'm smiling because I've been keeping her seat the whole time. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. She gets, she's like, Danae, I didn't think you had that in you. <laughs> I was it's like, I wild. And she had to fight to get her luggage on because there was an argument that the seats were filled up. And so people had to take their luggage off of the bus mm-hmm. so she could get her luggage in the bus. It was this whole thing. I've never, ever, ever thought about tickets the same since then. It was absolutely terrifying. Buying an opportunity ticket. That is some bullshit. It's not like I go like food shopping and this is the food that I have an opportunity to buy. And then, nope, sorry, you can't have it when you get to the checkout. I wish I could think of a, a some sort of comparison that is something you might do. There there are plenty of there are plenty of things in life where you you spend money where it's not guaranteed that you'll, you know, receive the thing. Like, give me, give me one. Uh, a lottery. 
<laughs> I did assume that airplane, like a, a, a tickets on a plane, was a guarantee. You would um, think I paid six hundred dollars really... for that flight. Like well, that's not a let's guess. let's be clear. Let's be clear. This isn't a situation where somebody did what they were supposed to do and was turned away. This is a situation where somebody did not check in until five minutes before a flight. No, but this is what I'm saying. That's this, fine. You, they have to, as a business, be able to release those seats. They have to, especially like it's there's oh, there's man. nothing they can they can do about that. If this person had done what they were supposed to do, which it's not just in the fine print, the airline sends you message after message. Hey, be there ninety minutes early. Checked in, like you know, all I that kind that of stuff. Just like, hey, it's a good idea. <laughs> no, it's part like you won't get this seat. But if that person had done everything they were supposed to do and it was oversold. They what they would do is they would keep increasing the offer until somebody agreed yes. not to take the flight. So it's yes. at some point somebody's going to go. You're going to give me a thousand dollars cash. Okay, I'll take yeah. a different flight. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like poor guy was like he was he was me. Like he was yeah. me, but like two hours late and just angry. And I didn't realize this was a thing. Like this is yeah. And in a similar situation, I am worried about how much grace I would give the people around me. <laughs> I would hate. Well, yeah. I would be the asshole. But, my my mom um, has uh, been on the other side of that. My mom worked for Delta as a gate agent for yes, over yeah. 10 years. And there are certainly things where, uh, you know, she had to just kind of do the company line, you know, where it's just yeah. like, you know, I, under I understand how frustrating this is. I understand. But the other part of it, too, is there is a part where they close the door where even if the plane's still there, they can't let you on. Like, you know, there's yeah. security reasons that they're past that point. Um, oh, man, so. there's no home aloneing that. <laughs> and I don't know this exact situation. Like, you know, you know, because... If I'm understanding my mom correctly, they're supposed to give seats away five minutes before they're supposed to close the door. So like five mm -hmm. minutes before they're supposed to close the door if seats haven't. Because here's the other thing. There's also a huge line on most flights of people waiting to fly standby that are mm. looking for a seat. Like they, are, yes. they, they aren't getting to where they're going unless some seats open up. Um, so, you know, all of that kind of plays into it. So they have to have time to check those people in, get them in their seat, get the door closed. And so they have to have some cutoff where it's like, I, you know, dude, you didn't show. I mean, like we didn't know you were coming until five minutes before the doors closed. I think we're okay. Letting some of our standby people get to where they need mm -hmm. to go. I get so, it. I get, yeah. I get it now. But in that moment, <laughs> I was like, how is this? This is this is a hate crime. Like, what is going on? It's a bad way to learn a lesson. Is in yeah. that moment, like, you uh -huh. want to learn about that before. <laughs> I should have like, thanked him and said, "Thank you for teaching me. I'm taking a lot of value from your pain." <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure it would have appreciated. Yeah, that. it would have been great, great for him to hear that. Yeah. I think in that moment, he would have been so thankful uh, for that. For oh him. man, that's he would have started out being like, "Hey." I'm Ian. Uh, you probably know me from CinemaSins. I just want to thank you. <laughs> By the way, I was looking at chartered flights. They're not as expensive as you might think. It's, well, it's in just saying I need to get to this place. Mm -hmm. Just me. Yeah, me. Like, it, well, I'm. I mean, if you're going alone, they are pretty expensive. But like, oh, if you've yeah, got yeah. like a group of ten people and you need to go somewhere, like chartering a flight is maybe. <sighs> 150 percent cost like you know you're okay it's not bad it's like maybe instead of you know 500 dollars, it's 750 you know to a yeah. thousand per person 
you can okay. charter a flight for six to ten grand, um, depending but on then the flight. What if you end up like falling out of the back of it and then jumping <laughs> well, from yeah, you cargo wanna... <laughs> to cargo? And I was I had never really looked into it and uh, was was just thinking about some possibilities with friends and it just like on a lark started looking into it and I was just like, wow, this is this. There's a whole like infrastructure of. Uh, like finding a chartered flight and who mm. can take you and that's really <laughs> the interesting really, the really cheap ones you have to ride with a lot of cocaine <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not just you that they're ferrying the planes looked nice though they looked nice yeah the cocaine ones always do <laughs> <laughs> where am i putting the cocaine again just to be clear <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, right? just to be clear <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, sir, but you checked in at the last minute, so all of, all of the cocaine Why is it going under the plane? I was gone. under the impression I got to store this in my body. Uh, so why are we putting it under the plane? I don't understand. I was chatting with my friend, and she was at a, a thrift store where they have closed down their rooms for trying on the clothing. So if you want to mm. buy clothing, you have to try it on over the clothes that you're currently wearing in the store. <laughs> <laughs> so she sends me this picture. She's standing in the aisle, and it's... A reflection of her in one of the mirrors that they're also selling so it's like this like all of the household items section of the thrift store mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's all these tilted on their side awkward mirrors on the floor so it's a strange angle where she's looking down she's <laughs> in yoga pants and a like a, a quarter length sleeve shirt wearing a <laughs> bright red one-piece swimsuit over the top of it. Oh, no. <laughs> she's like, just to let you know, this is how I'm walking around the store in public right now. Because she's walk- oh, no. She had to put it on in the aisle with the clothes, walk through the thrift store to the, to the mirror department. Yeah. Aisle. Oh, no, to get to the mirror. <laughs> to get to the mirror. It's amazing. Oh, no. It is, it's one of the, my favorite pictures of her I've ever seen because she's like got her arms out like, hey, <laughs> just like, this weird, we awkward go. thumbs up where she's just, it was pretty great. That is amazing. So cool. Yeah, I highly recommend that this should just be the new rule for any thrift store anyway. Like, you just this walk into a thrift store and 20% of the people are walking around with other clothes on top of their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things in the chat is them guessing what the lineup is going to be. <laughs> and then some of them that accidentally throw shade by saying, I'm hoping it's Ian, Aaron, and Daniel. <laughs> well, <laughs> what does that mean? You, Danae. <laughs> Like, what, do you, Aww, what do you mean by I that? Go? I should go. What you doing there, Danae? So every time I go live, the chat points out that the reflection of the metal surfaces of the components of my microphone <laughs> reflects <laughs> the uh, the fan, fan blades, and it just blinks the whole time, and it is very distracting. It does. So I'm attempting oh, no. to. Do you I'm have enough orange to... tape for the mirror on your back wall? Because until you do that, <laughs> <laughs> Ian. Ian, what are you what are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to reflect my light into the camera to <laughs> to, to make my own reflective circuit. Oh, now I feel left out. Uh... Oh yay! Well, no, no, no. Oh yay for the badge, not oh yay for Aaron being left out. It was a really <laughs> oh, poorly timed. Yeah, poorly timed. Oh yay! No, no, no. Don't don't speak for me. I know what I said. <laughs> I was well aware of my timing. <laughs> oh shit! So I learned about something on TikTok called a ta-ta towel. Have you heard of a ta-ta oh, towel? Yes. Yes, oh, yes, yes. I mean, yes. I 
as they sell them. I know they sell some. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So basically the idea is it's for people who want to be braless basically, but not have like under boob sweat and deal with, you know, kind of some of those native things. So it's basically around the neck and then it just holds the breast and it's like this Mm -hmm. like non bra bra that like, you know, keeps for, I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting thing. I was like, oh, that looks super comfy. Like if I were a woman, if I were a woman and I had large breasts, I probably would wear a ta-ta towel. Like that, that makes a lot of sense. It prevents what they commonly call as the humidities. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's beautiful. Oh, Did you just so make beautiful. that up? No, you just I made that up. I didn't. I didn't. I also got that from TikTok. I have never, I've heard, never heard that. Yeah, that's ever. beautiful. Um, that is, is beautiful. Not my joke, but I'm proud of it. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it to us. Uh, wow. Yo, so before the show started, I covered the crumbs of my microphone. Yeah, you did. Look for at y'all. you. And I, and I even cut a circular piece out for this little top bit here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no no flashy, flashy metal my, on the microphone. My portal is still activated, though, so <laughs> if you don't like that, I guess, I mean, I guess I could. It's funny that they call it the portal. Because to me, it looks like an old television, like an old cathode ray TV mm. with like the, you know, like that's just a little off. The tube. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mirror. 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 We'll be talking about Moon Knight. So mirrors are important. <laughs> if you ever, if you ever start seeing another Danae in the mirror, just let us know. Don't. We'll, we'll help this like flipping you off. <laughs> because then we know it's the real Danae. <laughs> I'll do what the queen did with like the little hologram that's inside, oh like the, the 3D cool hologram thing inside the carriage. <sighs> and people were waving at it. It's and pretty just... fucking cool. Wait, Come what? On. I that's missed cool. this. I missed no, this. Okay, so because the queen was unwell, they did her carriage thing, but they projected a hologram image on from the when screens she was in the car from when she was younger, blah, blah, blah whatever. I mean, so... it's really clear that it's not her now because she's got like, it's it's her in like the younger regalia. Uh huh. But people I'm are still more excited waving about it, at it than eat. <laughs> yeah, but there are some like former colonies that are more excited about this than I am. Like I don't like the monarchy. So it I mean, I know, me. I know, we are but it's a still former cool colony. Tech. What are you talking about, it... like This <laughs> he's talking about me. Oh, wait, I'm no, the no, former no, colony yeah, he's no, talking right. about. That's really. Exciting. I didn't even count you guys. <laughs> monarchy aside, it's a really cool use of the technology. Like the 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 use of that was really cool, and it mm. looked awesome. It's interesting, I can't man. Associate anything with that ceremony as a cool use of any of our humans' resources. None of it. <laughs> Sorry. It is a cool technology. That was the definition of an uncool use of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk <laughs> let's talk England politics. Let's let's Do get it. really let's get really yeah, deep into yeah. the monarchy, shall we? <laughs> Uh, so for Danae Hughes, Ian Whittington, a purple people steeple, and myself, we will see you next week. Happy National Pink Day! <laughs> Yay! You did it! In Ollie, time! Can I tell you when uh, I started I Googling? S- yeah, we saw it. <laughs> oh, we saw it. We, we saw your screen change. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 